Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Delano, and today, for our first weekly segment episode, we are going to talk about Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters. Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters. Now, that's a lot to, that's a mouthful. And essentially what this is, is a, um, it's Sony's version of the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, now, as you remember, as you recall, Sony owns Spider-Man and a lot of related characters, just about all of the related characters to Spider-Man. Now, of course, in the Marvel Universe, comic universe, a lot of these villains can, you know, appear in other comics, you know, People that fought Spider-Man can show up in Iron Man comics, can show up in Captain America, can show up in all of these different characters. So, technically, there is no exclusive villain, technically. But, you know, the writers, they usually have one villain going against this particular hero. Um, And so... Uh, when Sony and Marvel made their agreement and Marvel sold their movie rights to Sony, um, there were a lot of characters that went along with that. Um, characters that I guess we can say were deemed to be essential members of Spider-Man's rogue of uh, characters and villains and things like that. So Sony has created their own cinematic universe, essentially. Um, they called it Marvel characters, which is really interesting because, again, the only characters they have access to are directly tied to Spider-Man. They, that's all they own, Spider-Man. So uh, I'm not sure why they kept it um, open-ended with Marvel, but I guess Spider-Man characters was definitely too much of a title. And I guess Sony wanted to piggyback off of uh, the Marvel brand, right? Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel characters. So they kind of wanted to uh, add that, I guess. That That's my assumption for why they named it that. Um, but, you know. So. We're going to, uh, today, we are going to talk about... <coughs> um, the history of this universe, Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the projects that they are working on. We're also going to talk about Spider-Man's role in this universe and, and what we could potentially expect. Now, if you look up the information about the SPUMC, um, you would see that they... They officially started with the Venom movie, right? Venom came out in 2018, and that was essentially, you could say, their launch of this this universe. Now, while this is true, Sony's been trying to do this since before the MCU was even a thing. So we're talking about, we're going to have to go all the way back to Spider-Man 3 where Sam Raimi had his vision for what the third movie of that trilogy was going to be, 
Sony wanted to add in a bunch of other things. Mainly, they wanted to work on getting the Sinister Six on screen. That was the focal point. And so that's why, like, um, Venom was crammed in there. Um, Venom in the black suit was crammed into that movie. Because really, uh, Sam Raimi was really trying to make it uh, a Green Goblin, Sandman movie. Which I think definitely could have been balanced. They definitely could have pulled that off. But once they had, once he was forced to add Venom, it kind of started to fall apart. Sony had this obsession with Venom. And obviously it continued to the point where their first movie that they're launching in their own universe is Venom. So um, Venom and then Carnage. So it's really interesting how they kind of have been holding on to this idea. Um, and Spider-Man 4 was supposed to potentially... Uh, there were a lot of rumors and reports, but Craven the Hunter was supposed to be showing up. Electro was an option. Um, you know, so they had a few... Um, a few villains and, and things that they wanted to, again, they were trying to get to a Sinister Six situation. Um, so Sam Raimi, you know, he dropped out and that all fell apart and they, Sony rebooted, got Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield. And once again, their ultimate goal was to build up a Sinister Six situation. Um, which obviously did not happen. The uh, Mark Webb movies performed even worse, much worse than the Sam Raimi movies. So that's... Now, here's where it gets interesting. The combination of the Mark Webb movie performances as well as that email leak, right? There was a big like leaking, hacking thing for Sony and all of their stuff was exposed. Um, including plans for Spider-Man work and things like that, with Amy Pascal and, and all of this, the whole big fiasco. All of those factors led to um, <clears throat> Sony saying, coming to Marvel and saying, hey, look, can you guys take Spider-Man? We don't know what to do with him. And um, now I have to explain that a little more. So uh, back to the 90s. Okay, Marvel is really struggling. Marvel Comics is really struggling. And they've been having a lot of financial difficulties, uh, facing bankruptcy multiple times. It wasn't a good time for Marvel. So to make money, they decided to start selling off some of their properties um, to other studios to allow those studios to make movies. Um, some of the major properties were the Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Spider-Man. Um, that's what we had. Now, and of course, there were other, you know, characters and things like that um, that Marvel sold off. But those were like, those are the main properties and franchises that we know of um you know so part of the agreement was that basically sony wasn't allowed now i'm I'm guessing it was the same for fox but i'm not entirely sure i can only go off of sony um 
But Sony and Marvel, they had the agreement that Sony basically could not squat. They could not be squatters of Spider-Man. So every, I believe it was like five years, basically. It was like five and change. Five years, Sony had to have a Spider-Man movie out. Some kind of Spider-Man property movie had to come out. Otherwise, the rights will revert back to Marvel. Now, there was a period when Marvel was purchasing Fox. Um, people were saying, is Marvel going to just purchase Sony and get Spider-Man back? Because when Disney, really, Disney purchased Fox, they um, they reacquired the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Um, and of course, Daredevil. Technically, he's an X-Men, but not quite. Anyway, so they reacquired all of these Marvel properties. And so people were wondering, okay, well now Sony's the last one. They're the last French, they're the last company that has any Marvel properties, which is basically Spider-Man. So people were kind of wondering, are they going to purchase Spider-Man? Other people were saying, well, maybe they could just wait for Sony to either give up or go bankrupt. Or Sony may just not be able to put something out and then the rights would come back to Marvel and Marvel wouldn't have to pay for anything. Um, so it, it's it's interesting how all of that kind of unfolded um, and there was kind of theories and things like that. But that's basically what Sony is is dealt with. So that was the thing. Like the Amazing Spider-Man that movie came out just miss like just missing the deadline um for the you know the amount of time that can go by without a, a movie uh Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007 The Amazing Spider-Man came out in 2012 so it was very close uh Sony was very close to losing that property and they rushed The Amazing Spider-Man it was a rush job to a certain extent um, because of that time frame. So it's really interesting. But this is why um, when we come back here to the this new universe that Sony has launched, and it's actually really brilliant on their part because, again, part of the agreement, and I think this is why Sony had been trying for all of these years to get a, you know, an expansion of, movies and things like that because at that point and again this is what the MCU ended up doing so Sony was trying to do this um around the same time that the MCU was formulating you know so and again this is like 2006 2007 that Sony's trying to have this universe of movies and and characters and things like that and obviously we know the MCU launched in 2008 so Marvel and Sony were working on similar, like, visions around the same time. Um, so it's really interesting that they kind of changed directions, right? <clears throat> and I think the main reason why Marvel was so successful with their universe was because of Disney purchasing them around that same time that Iron Man and, and The Incredible Hulk came out. Um... People don't talk about the Hulk, but the Hulk, you know, had his own solo movie and 
that movie became a stepchild of the MCU. I don't understand. But anyway, so, you know, you had a situation where um, Marvel ended up with a lot of this financial backing and all of these resources that they could use, whereas Sony at the time wasn't in dire straits, but they haven't necessarily been a financially strong company you know, in the past 20 years. So their resources were limited, especially compared to Disney. <laughs> I mean, you know, so they they had a tougher road ahead um, than Marvel did. Sony probably had an advantage of Spider-Man is the biggest Marvel character in Marvel history. Um, most successful, most popular, you know, a big global brand type of guy he's he's essentially their mascot the same as pikachu for pokemon or mario for nintendo you know so we're kind of talking about that with spider-man and marvel so it was a big you know definitely a big gap of um popularity that marvel ironically enough did not have access to um in terms of movies so Sony probably had an advantage, but they were so dysfunctional in how they were executing things combined with limited resources led Marvel and Disney to be able to kind of, they started off pretty strong with their universe and they kept going with it. And now it's the juggernaut that it is today. Um, in part, having Spider-Man in that universe, and we'll we'll get to that um, you know, later on in this recording but that's kind of what we're looking at right now you know sony is just now starting to do something that they have been working on for over a decade and and they had a lot of different reboots and things like that come to pass before they got here and how they got here is really really interesting because they've created a universe of spider-man characters and they are not using Spider-Man. And I'm I'm just really curious about how they plan on making that work. So let's look at some of the projects that they have in the works um, to kind of give you an idea of just how connected these people are to Spider-Man and or Peter Parker. And yet Sony is, for whatever reason, deciding to move forward without the main protagonist. Now, to their credit, they are using a lot of anti-heroes in their um, in their franchise and their in their universe. So, you know, obviously these guys can be heroes or villains. They usually have been villains or at least antagonists to Spider-Man um, whenever they show up in his comics. So, Venom, probably the most popular character in this established universe so far, Venom slash uh, Eddie Brock. Um, depending on what universe you use, you know, the story of Venom and Eddie and Peter and Spider-Man is... But for the most part, Eddie Brock and Peter Parker tend to be rivals. Um, and then you have... The black suit was on Peter Parker slash Spider-Man first. Then it moved on. Once Spider-Man got a sense of how this was like a a negative influence, 
he gets rid of the suit and ends up going to Eddie Brock, who already dislikes Peter Parker to some degree. Um, so the suit and Eddie come together to form this monstrosity of an anti-Spider-Man. Um, the suit was really petty. Okay, you have a suit that was so petty, its powers, you know, like, okay, it uses quote-unquote webbing to navigate, just like Spider-Man does. He makes his suit another big version of a spider-shaped-looking thing. You know, like, this is all like a troll-slash-petty Spider-Man thing. That's how the Venom suit once it attached to Eddie, that's how it kind of functioned. It's really interesting. Um, you know, once you understand that connection, you know, a lot of people were skeptical that a Venom movie could work without Spider-Man because its existence is almost a troll. It's exclusively to troll Spider-Man, especially in the beginning. It was to troll Spider-Man and to get back, you know, the suit was a was a, a crazy ex who didn't want the relationship to end and, you know, was trying to make it jealous. Because there is a portion in the comics where Peter says, come back, suit. And the suit's like, okay, and leaves Eddie like like nothing and tries to go back to Peter and Peter ends up, you know, taking care of the suit. Um, but so, you know, like this suit still has feelings and it's in its feelings and all of these different things. And it just kind of culminates to that. So to have a solo movie without Spider-Man, it was it was going to be a, a struggle. I mean, yes, the Venom movie is not a good movie. It's decent at best, okay? Uh, the best parts of the movie were probably so, uh, Sony. The symbiote and Eddie's tandem, that was probably the only positive about the movie. Everything else was kind of bleh. Uh, so, you know, you had that going on and I, you know, what can I say? Um, but the way that Eddie got the suit, a lot of people, um, did not like it. I wasn't necessarily a fan. They obviously had to make something up completely because, you know, but they, you know, he got the suit and that's fine, but he is a, a very personal, you know, main antagonist to Spider-Man, at least in the beginning. And really, for most of the time, they, they usually just make uneasy alliances to fight a greater evil. Um, it's, you know, it's not necessarily something that Venom is a good guy per se. It's just, this is an evil thing. I have to get rid of this evil thing. Um, but then I will eat you, Spider-Man. There will be a day where I will eat you. For now, we'll team up and take care of this problem. That's usually how the two of them relate. Um, so that's, you know, Venom. And then Carnage, an extension of Venom. Carnage is its own animalistic thing. Now, Carnage is not an anti-hero. You're not going to see Carnage doing, you know, a, re a res uh, what's the word? Not resent. Uh, anyway, Carnage is not going to be that kind of hero who's like, Oh, maybe, okay, I'll do the right thing. He is, as his name is, Carnage, right? That's his job. And usually Venom and Spider-Man team up uh, to take down. He's one of those, one of the foes that uh, they come together to face. Uh, so I'm not worried about Carnage, really. Um, he's definitely a villain to Venom, and that's just what he's going to be. 
Then you have Morbius. Now, Morbius can be a better anti-hero. Um, he, he's interesting. He debuted in Spider-Man. In the Spider-Man comics. So, again, another antagonist who has a direct tie to Spider-Man. You know, this is... You know, he didn't show up somewhere and landed inside of Spider-Man. No, he was created and debuted during Spider-Man's run. I believe episode 101 or like around the early 100s. Um, you know, so it was a while before he showed up, you know. But he showed up and, you know, along the way we learned that Spider-Man, um, he can't be turned into a vampire. Now, I, I forget if it was Dracula or Blade, someone bit Spidey and was like, oh, your blood. It might have been Morbius. Someone bit Spidey and was like, your blood. Ew. Something with his blood and the radioactive blood. And so that's why he can't be turned and all of these things. So, um, But again, Spidey and Morbius had a you know villain, or I should say protagonist-antagonist relationship. Um and it was really a lot of Morbius trying to control his his hunger, his thirst, you know, trying to do the right thing. He's a doctor, you know, Dr. Morbius, um, Michael Morbius and things like that. So, you know, he, he spent that that's his role trying to control his thirst and things like that. Um, kind of like a blade, another blade out there, but he's full blown vampire due to an accident to try to cure. He had like a disease. Was it cancer or something? He had some kind of disease and he decided to play with some science and boom, now he's a vampire. Like, my God, Uh, I don't know how that works, but okay, he's a vampire now. So, you know, you have that going on. And then um, they have a TV. They've been going back and forth with this and they've been trying to work on this for a long time. But um, Silver Sable and Black Cat. They are supposed to get a either movie or TV show. It keeps going back and forth. I think it's a TV show now. They're supposed to get um, just the two of them working together. There's not a lot of details. It's kind of like they're looking for people right now. But um, Black Cat especially, she's directly tied to Spider-Man. I mean, they have this romantic relationship on and off again. And she's another one of those anti-hero types that, you know, Spidey is always trying to steer her in the right path. It's a copy of uh, Batman and Catwoman, um, cat burglar type thing. So, but Spidey's trying to be the moral compass for Black Cat. And sometimes they work together, but then there's times where like, you know, the cat, Spidey will have to take her down because she's up to no good. And, you know, so it's one of those. But they are immensely connected. Um, they have quite a strong relationship. And and really, the only time you see her is, is with is Spider-Man-related stuff. Uh, because, again, they're very connected. Um, and then Silk. Silver Sable, she's, you know, she's like a mercenary type of character. So I imagine that Sable and and uh, Black Cat are probably going to be on opposite ends. And if it's a TV show, it's just going to be these shows where, you know, Black Cat will probably be like a Black Widow type of character. Um, and then, you know, like there is a version of Black Cat, 
you know, where she can change your probability and create bad luck for you. Like that's that's what Spider-Man usually has to deal with. So I don't know if she'll have that kind of thing going for her. Like what version of Black Cat are we going to see? I don't know. But I imagine she will be going against Silver Sable. And Sable might have a very female version of like Nick Fury type thing where she she has her team and they're constantly trying to track down this cat and you know, she always lands in her feet and all this this stuff. So I think that's probably what that show would end up being about. I, I hardly doubt, highly doubt, I should say, highly doubt that they would end up uh, on the same side, working together for something. I don't know. We'll see. But usually Spidey has more issues with Silver Sable than... Uh, yeah, Silver is usually more of an antagonist than uh, Black Cat. So it's really interesting. To, to see what those two are going to be together. Um, but now, yeah, like I said, moving on to Silk. Silk is the newest member of all of these characters to show up in comics. Um, but essentially her story is she was bit by a spider. The same spider bit Peter and then it moved on to her. She got bit Cindy Moon. She got bit and she turned into Silk. You know, she ended up with these powers somewhat of a similar set to Peter. Um, but I think she has organic webbing. I think that's one of the main differences between the two. Um, apparently she's faster than Peter, but not quite as strong. Um, but they have very similar power sets, essentially. And what's really interesting about these two... Now, I've only done uh, light research on this. I haven't actually read the comics. I haven't gotten there um, with the two of them. But from what I've read in the brief history and, and things like that, what I've seen is that I guess because they were bit by the same spider, there is this attraction between the two of them, between Peter and Cindy, where essentially it's uh, very physical. Um, and apparently even during fights, they're like fighting to to not just get busy during the middle of a fight. Like it's... It's very interesting. I don't know if it's like a mating thing, but it, in in some ways they say it's uncontrollable, and they even like agree to like stay apart because the closer they are, they can like sense each other, and, and they kind of get a. Let me see if I can relate this to a movie. Um, Hancock, I think is one of those. It's kind of a similarish version where like these two are like drawn to each other and the only real difference is you know with Hancock and, and his sister slash love interest weird dynamic thing um they get weak and they lose their powers the closer they are to each other whereas Peter and Silk not necessarily they're just really horny at that point and they just want each other really bad um but that's kind of like a parallel to kind of give you a visual in case, you know, if you've watched Hancock, you kind of have an idea now, a better idea of how like this attraction and you're drawn and it's like this thing. Um, even if you don't necessarily know each other and your history and things like that, you just find a way together and it's interesting. But um, so that's going to be Silk. She, um, her show is further along. Um, I think they have an actress to play Cindy. I think they have a showrunner. They Sony is working with Amazon um 
So her show is going to show up on Amazon, apparently. I, I'm guessing all of the shows will show up on Amazon. I'm not entirely sure. But at least Silk is slated to be on Amazon. Um, so if you don't have Amazon Video, Amazon Prime, all of that, you might want to start looking into it. I think I think her show is post like a 2022 slate, but they're not, not they haven't quite gotten anything really concrete. They're still pulling together personnel for it to happen in the first place, you know. Um, so those are the projects, okay? So as you can see, all these projects, they have some kind of direct relationship with Spider-Man. And they're going to use this universe as a uh, Spider-Man-less universe. Uh, you know, I, not, I, I, I don't know. You know, if you're going to rewrite their histories and their origin stories, because in, in a lot of cases, you're going to have to do that. Um, a lot of things are going to have to change, especially Venom's origin story. His is the one that would change drastically. Silk is very interesting because it's not necessarily directly tied to Peter's existence. I'm sure they'll describe as her just getting bit by a spider. Will they talk about Peter? I don't know. Here's the thing with Sony. Sony has every right to talk about Spider-Man. They own Spider-Man. Right now, they are leasing him to Disney. And obviously, you know, at some point, Sony can say, all right, well, we're taking Spidey back and that's the end of it. But I wonder if there is something in this agreement with Disney because Marv uh, Sony in the Venom movie has not necessarily talked about Spider-Man. Now, it's just one movie. Um... You know, so it's hard for me to say that's how the universe is going to operate. Um, and again, they don't have any necessary ties to Spider-Man. The only thing I can say is that you think that if they're in the same universe, if Spider-Man does exist, Eddie Brock, of all people, right? A reporter, he would have known about Spider-Man. He would have, you know... Now, obviously, he wasn't working for the Daily Bugle. He doesn't know Jameson. He, you know... And obviously, this version of our Peter Parker that we know, he doesn't work at the Bugle, you know? So, there are some disconnects. Um, but you still would think that a news guy, a guy that's used to getting stories and things like that, you know, and, and even in the Daily Briefings or something... Someone like the editor would have been saying, okay, you know, Spider-Man was seen doing this or that or the other. You you know, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, obviously Sony can't necessarily talk about the other members of the MCU. But, you know, Spider-Man you can easily talk about. Um, so, you know, I'm curious about that. Um, but as we go on with these movies and shows, I'm just really curious to see what Sony does with the existence of Spider-Man because it could play out that one day this universe, Sony's universe can become so established and that one day Sony might say, okay, Marvel, thanks for taking care of Spider-Man for us, but now we're going to pull him in and do our own thing with him. We've... Because part of the reason why Sony leased off Spider-Man 
was ironically, maybe ironic, is ironic the word? I, I guess ironic is the word. But what's really interesting is that Sony gave Marvel Spider-Man the same reason why Marvel gave Sony Spider-Man in the first place. Financial difficulties. Sony was not in a good position to create another Spider-Man project in time. They Remember, they're in disarray. Because this was in 2014 when uh, Amy Pascal and the leaks and hack or whatever it was happened with Sony. And Sony kind of fell apart somewhat during that time. And a lot of projects were put on hold and collapsed and things like that. So Sony was in trouble. And they were probably not organized to to try to reboot Spider-Man all over again. So they let Marvel take over. And Marvel was like, sure, we'll take him off your hands. And he ended up in Captain America Civil War, even though it's technically Avengers Civil War. But whatever, we'll call it Captain America. It's fine. Um, he ended up in that movie, which came out in 2016. So a very short turnaround for when uh, Sony was like, Marvel, can you take him? Can you do something? But it counts. That's the thing. Because if you look at the timeline, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out in 2012, and Venom came out in 2018. Now, technically, that is basically out of the range before the rights revert back. But because Spider-Man still showed up, Spider-Man showed up in 2016. Any ver like... It doesn't have to be exclusively Spider-Man. As long as a property, a Spider-Man property movie comes out that Sony obviously would be a part of, the, the clock resets. That clock resets. So when Spidey showed up in Civil War, that clock reset. It gave Sony more time to get itself together to try to put something together to reset the clock once again. And that was Venom. Although you can also say Far From Home, which came out in 2017. Also, um, or did that come out eight? Far From Home. Homecoming, that came out in 2017, right? I think. And then Far From Home came out in 2019. Yeah, they were two years apart, so yeah. But anyway, like I was saying. So, you know, you reset the clock over and over and over again. So that's part of why Sony gave Marvel the rights to use them in the MCU. So I can see a, a point where Sony reestablishes themselves and gets their footing and says, all right, we're going to terminate this agreement. We're going to use Spider-Man now and our stuff and go from there. We're going to see because... And the next movies that come out and the shows, if they start dropping Spider-Man in there, like little references, even if it's like Easter egg type of stuff, like a news clipping in the background or something, right? If we start seeing stuff like that, Sony probably has intentions of plopping Spider-Man in there. And because they have those Easter eggs, you can say, okay, he does exist. So when he shows up 
you know, in his own solo movie or if he shows up in, as a character, a supporting role in one of these other characters' movies, it's not going to be like, where did he come from? People are aware of his existence, you know, whether it's in TV news bulletin or footage, right? Like how they used it in Civil War. They had footage of uh, Spider-Man doing stuff that Iron Man had pulled up. You know what I'm saying? So easily they could play Spider-Man in their universe without having him in the universe. And it's okay. Now, I don't know if their agreement with Marvel was, okay, Marvel, you we're letting you use Spider-Man. We won't use Spider-Man in our universe. That way there won't be confusion. And that's probably what happened. That's a realistic possibility of what happened. Because if you have movies over here that are not part of the MCU, that are talking about Spider-Man, and then you have movies over here in the MCU that are talking about Spider-Man, that's going to confuse fans. Because fans are going to think, well, I'm hearing Spider-Man over here and over there. But you're telling me they're not the same guy? Some fans aren't going to dive into the lore like that. You know, like people, those of you that listen to this podcast are more more likely, I would think, to be a part of that lore and to understand that split. But a very common man-ish, you know, I like watching movies. I, you know, I don't necessarily care about the history of it all type of guy. A casual fan would would kind of fall off at that point. You know what I'm saying? And be confused. Like, oh, Venom isn't part of the MCU? Oh, okay. I don't I don't understand it. Where's Spider-Man? I guess, oh, oh, he's with the Avengers. That's why he's not with Venom. Okay, that makes sense. Like, if, if it's split like that, okay. So it's going to be very interesting moving forward to see what Sony does with Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker. Now, the current version... Of Peter Parker in the MCU. Maybe he could stay in the MCU. Maybe at some point Spider-Man. Of different version of him. Could show up in Sony. There are so many Spider-Men. That Sony can use. And Sony knows this right. And they made it work. You have the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Where they made it work. They had Miles. Peter. They had Spider-Man Noir. They had uh, Penny. They had uh, Spider-Gwen. Um, they had, and then even the end credits, they had Spider Man twenty ninety nine. So you're talking about a, a host of Spider Men that they could take any of those and put them in live action as the mascot for their universe. And because they're obviously going for a darker tone, right? They're going for more gritty, dark tone. You know, you got Venom and Morbius. You know, a vampire and an alien symbiote. You know, so they're obviously going for a darker tone. You could put a darker version of Spider-Man in that universe and he would fit right in. I think Spider-Man Noir is probably an easier fit in terms of being recognizable. Um, <clears throat> and he's a very Batman-esque Spider-Man. So you can even have those, you know, like try to capitalize on that uh, if you wanted to. If Sony really felt like, you know, this will draw people in, they'll be interested because he's like Batman, but Spider-Man. So, you know, you could also do that. Um, so it, it, they, Sony has a lot of options on how they could work in Peter Parker if they wanted to. 
I think it would be really odd to see the universe without Spider-Man. A universe of characters that directly are connected to him. That originated in Spider-Man's world. A lot of these characters debuted in Spider-Man comics. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it would be a little odd um, that Spidey is not there because a lot of their adventures, a lot of the character growth, a lot of what they become is impacted by Spider-Man's presence. So now what you would have to do is recreate some of those um, evolutions, maybe. Character evolutions without the um in the original version you know original uh catalyst of scenarios and different things um you know these anti-heroes in a lot of ways were created because of Spider-Man's relentless um moral compass you know even when it comes to like people like the Punisher or Daredevil you know, Daredevil and the Punisher, they like to just beat people to a pulp and possibly kill them and things like that. Spidey has always been that guy that's like, no, we're not doing that. We're not killing them. We're not gonna, no, we're not doing that. Stop. And he, he has fought Daredevil and Punisher and a lot of different other heroes from time to time. He has fought them. Spidey does not care. <laughs> like, that's what I love about him. He does not care. He will stand for what's right. No matter whose side you're on, no matter what you've done in your past, if you're doing something crazy now, he's going to put up a fight against you. You know, so um, that that's one of the things that helps change some people to be anti-heroes instead of just plain old villains. Or, you know, straight up heroes instead of anti-villains, you know, so or uh, anti-heroes. So you're missing a very key fundamental thing about these characters. You know, and it showed like in the Venom movie where you had the symbiote was like, I like the people here. I guess I won't destroy us. I I won't destroy the earth. Like, and, and those of you that watched the movie and felt like that was weak, that's why it was weak. It's because it didn't come out of nowhere like that. It came from dealing with Spider-Man to a certain extent. Um, Spider-Man's influence was part of why the suit and Eddie and, and things like that, they kind of fell back and, you know, they weren't so hostile later on. I'm curious to see, this one is tricky. Now, they could do, Sony could change Venom in one of two ways. There's two versions of a, heroic Venom that exists in Marvel. There is Anti-Venom and there is Agent Venom. Now, Anti-Venom, I believe, is Eddie Brock. Agent Venom is Flash Thompson. The kicker is Agent Venom feels a lot more... For one thing, I think he's more popular and I think another thing, there's more to work with with Agent Venom. Um, but he's Flash Thompson, so I mean, you could you could still twist your own version and say Eddie Brock, you know, in his suit, they eventually become Agent, you know, Venom. 
um, and become more of a heroic symbol. Or you can still keep the version of Venom that you have and, and see how far that works. Um, so, you know, like, th there are transformations that can still be made to these characters to get, you know, to have that moral compass episode type thing happen for them. Um, you just kind of have to look for it, I guess. Uh, but Sony has plenty of options and plenty of, uh, you know, comics to look at and source material to look at and kind of pull things and combine things. And, and they can make it work. They have the tools to make it work. Will they use the tools appropriately? I don't know. You know, the, the first Venom movie was weak. It made enough money that they decided to make a second one. You know, but it was weak. It, in terms of the actual movie itself, it was not a good movie. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that the future movies and shows are better. I hope Sony does a better job. Um, because I would like to see this universe work out. I, I, I like... I like Sony's ideas here. I, I like what they... Their tone... I like what they're trying to do. Fox was trying to do the same thing, all things considered. They, it's really interesting. Marvel became known as the happy-go-lucky version of Marvel Comics. Fox and Sony were both trying to do a, a darker, grittier tone version. They were trying to compete with the Dark Knight in a lot of ways. The Dark Knight trilogy. Um having these dark, broody movies for heroes. You know, the Fantastic Four flopped. Um, the X-Men, the more recent X-Men movies, they flopped. You know, um, and obviously this Venom movie wasn't all that great. So, you know, the darker tone still needs some work. Um, they still need some work, you know. And I know there's been talk that, like, Disney, when, when Disney purchased Fox and the Daredevil franchise, Daredevil, <sighs> freaking Daredevil, I'm sorry, um, when they purchased Fox and, and the Deadpool franchise, um, some people were saying Disney using their Deadpool in the MCU isn't going to go well. Obviously, the MCU has a PG-13, PG... Yeah, PG-13. Are any of their movies PG? I think they're generally PG-13. Um, Deadpool does not fit the tone of the MCU. He fits the tone of Sony's universe. So some people were talking about the idea of swapping heroes. Sony leases Spider-Man... Disney Marvel leases Deadpool to Sony. Can you imagine Deadpool and Venom and Deadpool and Morbius? You know, like, he fits better in that universe. Um, so I, you know, that's something that I could definitely get behind. You know, because I think if 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 Marvel owns all of their properties. If Disney, you know, owns all of these heroes, I think you're gonna, you're, it's gonna get stale at some point. It was nice to have a mixture of styles and tones 
you know, you had Fox doing their thing, Sony was doing their thing, Disney doing their thing, and these different companies have their different preferences of styles and stories and things like that, and it kept things fresh. You know, the more that Sony gobbles up, or I should say, the more that Disney gobbles up, you know, now it's going to be a lot of the cookie-cutter movies that can get a little stale after a while. They probably would, you know? Um, To be able to turn around and see another Marvel character doing something different is nice, you know? So we'll have to see what happens. Sony is the last man standing for Marvel characters, and um, I'm not even going to talk about Warner Brothers and, and what's going on. I don't even think Warner Brothers knows what they're doing with their characters at this point. They tried to bum-rush their way to Avengers status without all the build-up. Um, that was their problem, I think. So they should have started from the, you know, started from the, the jump, a solo movie for each of the main characters, and then just like the Avengers did it. You know, but uh, whatever, you know. <clears throat> but it's a Spider-Man podcast, so Spider-Man could be Batman. Now, here's the thing. Um, I want to... Wrap it up by saying, what would I prefer? I ultimately, and I might be in the minority, but I don't think it's a major minority. It's probably like a 60-40, maybe a 55-45, but I feel like I am part of the minority. I almost would rather see Spider-Man in the Sony movies than in the MCU movies. I'd rather see Spider-Man... Um, facing Venom, facing Morbius, and and all of these other characters. I like to see him juggle a relationship with Black Cat or Silk. Um, I like to see a a good story with Gwen. You know, the Amazing Spider-Man. I thought that was the best part of the Amazing Spider-Man. Peter and Gwen's relationship, and obviously. Andrew and Emma were a real-life couple during the time, but their on-screen chemistry was amazing. It was great. I enjoyed it. Um, but, I, you know, I'd like to see Spider-Man doing these movies in this, this new Sony universe. Um, I would have liked to see that. Um, even, if, even if he did, like, the Suicide Squad type of thing, right, where Batman, he showed up a couple of times, but obviously he wasn't the main thing. But he was a part of the equation. And I feel like I, I would like to see Spider-Man in that same element where, like, let the anti-heroes do their thing. But every once in a while, you know, Spider-Man does pop up for whatever reason. Um, you know, and that, that would be cool to see. Um, so, you know, but Spidey and MCU, I'm okay with the direction they're taking him. I'm a slightly annoyed at how he leans very heavily on uh, Iron Man. I didn't like that, per se. Um, Spider-Man was a very self-sufficient hero. He had his own costume. He made his own web shooters, which he did. But even then, he didn't have an actual costume yet. I, like Iron Man gave him really his first costume. You know, He had some makeshift stuff. But it wasn't the uniform, the classic uniform that we're used to until he joined up with, with Iron Man. So, I, you know, I, I wasn't feeling that. The web shooter thing, I wasn't feeling that. 
Spidey is is a genius. His IQ is off the charts. I I don't I haven't really seen that in his movies yet, but he is a certified genius. Um, up there with Bruce Banner and Tony, and um, you know a few others. He's he's one of the big brains of the Marvel universe. So it's, it's slightly disappointing that we haven't seen that. Um, you know, but. It's cool, I guess. That was one thing. Sony made sure to have an on-screen version of Peter that you knew he was, on some level, smart. You know what I mean? Like, he, he could figure things out. Um, he had, even if it was, like, his school, you know, going to school and, and these doc science classes and things like that. So, you know, um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think that that's all that I have for you guys. Um, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. It's a mouthful. Um, but that's that's what they are. They don't have Spider-Man in their universe. Will they? You guys let me know. Would you want to see Spider-Man in that universe? If that means leaving the MCU? Or do you think he's better off in the MCU? Do you think Sony's universe will work out? Um, and again, one of the nice things about Sony's universe is they'll always have something coming out. Now that they have, you know, several characters that they're working on, their clock will always reset and they don't have to stress about losing their rights to Marvel. Um, you know, even if one project goes off the rails, there's something next year, right? That would come out and reset the clock anyway. So there wouldn't be a large gap of content that they'd be missing out on. So, yeah, you know, I think they did a good job. And I think that's what their plan was the entire time. To make sure that they always had something so that if any kind of catastrophe struck, they still could weather the storm of time. Um, You know, even with the pandemic situation that happened, you know, their stuff got pushed back. You know, Morbius was supposed to come out in 2020. Now he's coming out in 2022. You know, so it's, you know, that two-year gap. You know, what if Sony needed him to come out? You know, they probably would have came out. They probably would have pushed him out. If they desperately had to reset the clock, they would have pushed him out. They would have eaten the losses and gone from there. Um, Eating losses would have been better than losing the rights entirely. So, but... You know, we're here at this point. Um, So thanks for listening, and uh, keep swinging. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more, make sure you follow my uh, podcast here on whatever platform you're listening to. I don't know where you're at, really. Um, And, you know, check out my website, dullinell.com, and follow me on Twitter. I'll be tweeting Spider-Man stuff. And 76ers stuff and other random stuff. Stuff, right? What is that web fluid made out of anyway? Stuff? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Keep swinking.